Welcome to another episode of Wicked Smart. I'm your host, Lucas Bean, and today's special guest is Bear Snake. What's up, Bear Snake? How's it going, my man? Hey, morning. How are you? Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, pretty good, man. Um, usually we start off the show with uh, a little a little bit of a market update and recap from Mintify here. So uh, let's, let's kick go. Yeah, right. Let's kick it over to Mintify. Hey, Mintify, what, what's going on, my man? Hey, how's it going? Good. Uh, how's the market looking, bro? Uh, it's all right. I mean, <laughs> uh, some some ups and downs, honestly. Um, not as nice as it was the beginning of last week, but <laughs> word. All right, hit it, my man. Yeah, let's roll into this. The uh, week in Ethereum market volume only forty three and a half million. Not too impressive. And uh, Solana weekend market volume even less impressive, but. Uh, that probably has to do with the chain being down for a while. 2.15 million. The highest sale, Azuki 2904 for 220 ETH. The top gaining index, top 100 social, up 3%. Got a, a couple projects here that I actually hadn't seen before today. Uh, NutsDAO poker players, 0.159 ETH floor price up 45%. VVV season one, 1.2 ETH floor price up 21%. And AO Panda Party, 0.72 ETH floor price up 16%. The top losing index, top 20 metaverse. This one is so very volatile, uh, down 2%. Worldwide Web, 0.319 ETH floor price down 16%. Metacongs, 1.28 ETH floor price down 6% and Cree Terra land 0.445 ETH for price down 3%. The most anticipated drops for this week. Stay Cats is minting on March 1st. Arcana HQ is minting on March 2nd. Applied uh, Primate is having a mint on March 3rd and Jemmy is minting on March 6th. Some noteworthy market updates. Uh, Solana makes its second attempt at a restart. Jump Crypto counter exploits the wormhole hacker for 140 million. And a GBTC approval could return a quote couple billion dollars to investors. And the market stats global crypto market cap 1078.13 billion. Bitcoin dominance 42.18%. Bitcoin open interest 7.67 billion and fear and greed still hovering right around 50 with uh, Bitcoin at 23,350 up 2.5% or so. Actually, no, less than that now after it came down a little bit. And uh, Ethereum earlier was at uh, 1661, came down a little bit. Also, my chart doesn't want to load at the moment, though. And uh, S&P right around 4,000, up about 0.8% on the day. So, um you know, pretty pretty choppy. Uh, it's in a it's in a pretty important uh, place right now for the lower term timeframes. Um, you know, like macro it. and longer term. Macro and longer term really remains unchanged. I mean, as long as crypto maintains higher lows, in my opinion, personally, there's nothing really to be uh, incredibly worried about. So, when you said Solana's like restarting, are they like? Is it like a pull start? Like, what's going on? Are their battery die or something? Like, what's going on? <laughs> No, I, I'm not entirely sure of why the situation started. I didn't look into it uh, deeply, but they just they just didn't have enough validators. They needed what like eighty percent of validators to agree on the the restart, and they had something like seventy percent. Yikes! Got it. Interesting. 
Good stuff. Uh, I forgot to say also, like, welcome to uh, my co-host, Brad, man. He's uh, head of uh, blockchain development over at NFT Now. So uh, glad to have him as my co-host moving forward. So yeah, let's get this. Let's kick this uh, this conversation off. Bear Snake, such a pleasure to have you on today's episode, my man. It's, uh, you know, had a couple of good chats with you. And then, you know, again, you have a lot of, you've, you've been working on a lot of cool stuff in the space, Forgotten Ruins. And I'm sure a ton of other things I'm not even aware of. And that's why we're having this chat, man. I think you uh, have a lot to offer in terms of like just knowledge and alpha to like my audience. And and I think this is going to be a good chat. So with that said, my man, we usually start off with like an origin story. Like what got you into this space? Like what did you do before? If you don't mind sharing, of course. And then like, what are you working on now? Kind of a thing. So why don't you uh, take it away? Start when you were in like in kindergarten. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Start whenever you want. <laughs> well, kindergarten, uh, I, was a, I was a killer finger painter, let me tell you. Um, no, no, no. Um, no, I, uh, from the East Coast, I, you know, I, I, the way I talk about myself is I've just done, I'm, I'm kind of a spaz. Uh, I love learning about things that I don't know about. One of my superpowers is not pretending to know things I, I don't. Um, which unfortunately is that's the NFT. That's, that's the NFT. That's the NFT space. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, even yeah. I mean, if you start pretending to know what's going on, then everybody here instantly knows that you're a fraud because no one knows anything, right? So, uh, but point is, is you know, I uh, grew up on the East Coast. Uh, I was like a, a touring drummer for a long time, so I spent a lot of my uh, like post high school twenties, uh, touring around the world as a drummer, which I, I recommend to anyone if you can pull it off. It's a, it's a great way to uh, sort of educate yourself on the world, and even like being in a band is is a great uh, sort of primer for being an entrepreneur and having partners, and you know this idea of like coming together and people having different skill sets. All, the best partnerships are always with people who have uh, symbiotic skill sets right that are very different from you but that you can work really well together so as a drummer moved out to LA uh, I don't know like 15 years ago um, and became a screenwriter I uh, used to you know write pilots for TV and sold a couple of those was staffed on some TV shows again nice. uh, a, a similar a similar thing right where like you know you come together uh, with a bunch of different creatives and you find a through line, a narrative, uh, in the case of TV or film, you know, characters that, uh, you start writing, um, with. And, and so that was really fun. <clears throat> I was never really that good at it. I was just good enough to, to write a shitty script. Um, and there's a lot of shitty scripts that are sold. So I did that for a bit and you know, used to do rewrites on like DreamWorks animated movies like Madagascar and Shrek and stuff like that, <clears throat> which was fun. Um, and then through writing, um, um, I got pulled into a company that uh, where I actually ended up meeting one of my partners, who I, I believe is in uh, the crowd right now, Elf J Troll, um, <clears throat> and that was yeah, it was called Maker Studios. And so, you know, small world, uh, I, man. I, I, I know Maker Studios well. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, no, it sounds like it sounds like we we may know uh, a lot of other, uh, the same people, um, right, which yeah. is great. Yep. Um, but what was cool about that um, and what's relevant to Web3 is 
you know, Maker Studios, if you don't know, was <clears throat> a, uh, an MCN, which stands for a multi-channel network. But essentially what it was is companies, as YouTube became more of a, like a, or less of like how do you fix a toilet to uh, like a, a democratized content distribution platform, um, you know, we sign, we would sign uh, big YouTubers. And we created a network of YouTube channels. And on the business side, it was about aggregating these channels. Um, and I think at the height, we had like 12 or 13 billion views a month in our inventory. Um, and so obviously, you can sell that advertising um, and do all that fun stuff. Um, I was more on the creative side. I ran creative at the company. And so what I would do is out of the you know 50,000 channels, I would work with like the top 25 or 50 um, and I didn't think about it at the time, but really what we were doing is we were franchising those people. So you take PewDiePie as a good example because most people know who he is. Um, you know, he started off, you know, making videos, let's play videos. Um, and he was a personality. He gained a ton of subscribers. Um, and then it was like, okay, well, how can we come in and take what he's doing and pour gas on it and, and do all these other things, you know, take it, you know, let's look at this, this community that he's built. That's quite sticky. Um, and what can we do besides these let's play videos? So, you know, for me, I, you know, I, I we, we developed a television show. We brought in this guy, Robert Kirkman, who was the creator of walking dead. Um, and we developed a, a live action TV show that was actually almost like a version of his videos where he would watch scary, uh, or play scary video games and like have these crazy reactions. So we did that. And then, you know, we launched a mobile game. And so essentially, you know, this idea of like, okay, someone is a creator. They found a niche that really works for them. They found a community and how do we build on it? And so that's what I spent my time doing there. Um, it was awesome. We sold to Disney um, in, I think, 15, 2015. Um, from there, it was uh, uh, a colleague of mine um, said uh, I should start looking into virtual reality. It was, I think it was around the time that the second Oculus dev kit had come out. It wasn't a consumer-facing product yet. But I've always loved technology. Um, and so started a VR studio uh, and then, you know, ended up, it was so early um, that we ended up working really closely with Google and Facebook and produced a ton of content for them. Even, you know, spent a lot of time in uh, uh, the San Francisco area helping those teams develop camera systems. We did a lot of the live action stuff. If people remember 360 video, everybody thought that was going to be a thing. I don't want to get no into doubt. it. but No uh, doubt everybody I, thought that. And everybody I, did yeah. think that was a thing yeah. for sure. And yeah, and and I you know always have my concerns about what what the you know sort of value of 360 video was. Um, I knew it wasn't long term, but anyway, did that for a while. Um, we were able to sell that to a movie studio. Uh, I love telling stories, um, and uh, had a stint there making trying to craft this idea of like what a blockbuster VR movie um, could be, and so worked with big film directors like Robert Rodriguez and tried to crack that. Um, and what I learned <clears throat> at the end of that is I, 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 you know, I went from working on a platform like, like YouTube that had billions of, you know, billions of people, uh, and just scale all. And then, you know, going to VR where maybe there was a half a million people that could afford the headset. And so I really 
I really enjoyed working in in an environment where there was already scale um, and plugging in and figuring out how to how to make things work on that level rather than you know talking in, in an echo chamber. Um, and so yeah, so did that. Took some time off. I got uh, a wife and two kids that are awesome. Congratulations! Uh, keep me, <laughs> thanks. They keep me they keep me sane. Um, <laughs> produced a bunch of uh, live events and then. I got a call uh, from my buddy that I knew at Maker Elf, um, and I'm, I'm, and by the way, we should have him on. He's 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 way smarter than I am. Uh, we should have him on stage if he wants to come up, or if you want him off, Lucas. Heck yeah! Um, <clears throat> so he called me, and he was like, "Hey, uh, I," and he and he was actually the one who you know crypto pilled me in a way. He. He's an amazing digital artist, um, and he even worked with us at the VR company. Just so he's just the kind of guy that you meet, and he's just so inspiring. Um, he's he's the type of person that makes the world go round, right? Um, stories are at the center of our soul, and and I think he just really understands that uh, in, a, in in a very deep way. And so you know, he had actually called me months before uh, Forgotten Runes. And was telling me about what he was working on, and he was making more one of one pieces. And I was always just such a fan of his art, and he was work- he had been working in a digital medium uh, for years, ever since you know for over ten years that I've known him. And so it was really cool to see him have an avenue to sort of distribute his his work in a new way. Um, and this idea of royalties and perpetuity, we can get into that later. Um, and and we actually started like developing an idea that was a, a, you know a, a, you would call it a metaverse now we didn't really use that terminology but this idea of like recreating virtual spaces and having brands come in and art galleries and this that and the other thing anyway it got so big that it was like okay either we have to go like raise a ton of money or I just have to like stay with my job so I ended up just staying at my job um, and then I get a call uh, I think it was June first of 2021 and he was like dude i just sold 10,000 nfts and i was like what <laughs> i was like excuse me what he's like we sold 10,000 10, nfts in like in a half an hour i was like oh my god and my first thought was i'm just so happy for him of course because he's just you know and, and and it sounds like you know this lucas like in 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 entertainment you know, very creative people, you know, there's creative people like that, that live below the person who actually like, you know, develops and creates a TV show. There's amazing artists, there's cinematographers, there's writers, all these people who don't really get theirs, but they're a part of the system. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I was just so happy that he got his, you know, like he, he, he finally got the, the, he got to be in the limelight and appreciated for what he was so good at doing. Um, and I said, listen, like, first of all, congrats, you deserve it. Um, you know, if you ever need any help doing anything, call me. And so I think I was on vacation with my family. And so I wake up the next morning to a phone call from him and he's like, dude, I want to make a TV show. I think there's a TV show here. And, uh, and I was like, all right, well, let's try to figure it out. I'll, you know, I know some people in animation and he wanted to do animation. And so that basically set off our relationship um, and me coming into Forgotten Runes. And from there, uh, it turned from just helping sort of package the TV show um, to, I don't know, uh, we don't really have a ton of titles. I mean, I guess I'm I'm, uh, uh, the chief operating officer, but really, you know, 
I'm, I'm partnerships, I'm business development. Um, we want to make a TV show. We, I help find the writer. We want to make a comic book. I help find the publisher and the artists. And, and, uh, and so it just turned into that. And, and now we're doing it full time and it's the best job I've ever had. Uh, I've never been more passionate about, uh, what I'm doing on a daily basis. I don't, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I feel like I almost have a sickness. I, I don't want to go to bed at night. I can't wait to wake up. Um, and that here we is are. The ultimate, that was, no, that's great. That, this is yeah, great. So this that's is, my spiel. <laughs> <laughs> you've definitely got a really long, um, you've really got a lot, a lot of experience in the, in like so many spaces. Like, I just can't believe you were a drummer, man. And now you're in the space. It's, it's like the chops you have to have to be a drummer is crazy. Like not anybody can just be the drummer. Like it's a really tough job in a band, I would say. And it's perfect because I hate being in the spotlight. Like my whole job is, it took me a long time to even get comfortable, like going on spaces. Um, I always tell my wife, right. like, I can't believe, I can't believe, uh, like part of my job as a professional is like coming onto Twitter spaces. Um, <laughs> but it, but it is, it's important, right? And I think we all know why it is. And, and we, you know, thank God for, for people like you, Lucas, who are consistent and you understand the power of communication and, and sort of the transparency and, and things are moving so quickly. I think we all need to stay up to date and create these, uh, these connections. Yeah, um, I agree. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, but like you know, like I don't like to, my. I feel like half my job is just making sure Elf and our other partner Dota are put on pedestals because they are legends in their own right, um, and they all do very different things. And, and so, you know, being a drummer, it's great because you get to sit behind a, a bunch of hardware and no one gets to, gets to see you, which is perfect for me. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. So, question is. Man, you you have such a such a long like list of like accomplishments. I want to know, like, from Maker, and I, I'm going to go into Maker right away, just because that's something both me and you like share for sure. I definitely know Maker. I I worked with some of the people from Maker that ended up going to Maker, and man, how do you see? How do you see, uh, you know, storytelling in the NFT space that, that resembles you know YouTube content or like you know what I mean like high quality content that like maker would make like do you see it is there any channels right now that you notice that that people are in the nft space creating content like a maker partner would be <clears throat> well you know gosh uh well what was interesting about maker and, and just creating content on youtube um and and i think you know this like part of our job was you know, we were if you think of like Google and YouTube as the chain and then the creators on YouTube that didn't work for YouTube, but they were using their platform to do whatever they wanted to do. Sure. Um, I think, uh, you know, consistency, it was a big part about how, you know, we help YouTube write the playbook, right? Like these are the things you need to do to find an audience and to help monetize. And so, you know, other projects, gosh, uh, I think, I think the skill set of people who in the, at least in this first sort of age of web three, isn't necessarily for the most part, isn't really about content creation. It's about like asset creation, right? The sure. people who are, who are building these projects. Um, and I'd love to get into like this. And I think I tweeted about it last night. It's been in my mind, this idea of like, uh, you know, right now you're either 
NFTs are basically put into two categories for the most part. You're either like one of one fine art or you're a PFP project, which I think is like inherently flawed in a huge way, but it's also, you know, just an indicator of how early we are. Um, but I think, I think because people's skill sets to get into the space and during the bull run and even now was really focused on more of the technology um, and the content was in a very simple form, right? They were sure. pictures, they were static, they were static pictures. Some are animated, but point is, it's like, they're not like long form, you know, like all of a sudden long form to web three is two minutes, right? Where I come from long form was, you know, 22 minute, you know, uh, like a half hour comedy or an hour long drama or, or, or a film. So I think what we're starting to see is people, and I don't think the space, um, with the web three space, uh, values, um, the right things yet for, for storytellers to come in and tell actual stories. I think it's starting to happen. Hopefully forgotten runes and our project is helping push that forward. But, um, gosh, some projects I think are doing it. Jenkins, the valet for sure. Uh, Yuga, of course, I think, um, not a lot of people talk about it, but you know, the lore, if you go read, you know, the white paper, if you go find that, that leak, investor deck uh, most of that stuff was like it's based on story right these the idea of codas and, and i won't get into the details but like there's real story there and i think that's why one of the reasons i, I think you know that part of their vision and why it will be successful is they they, they have like a creative uh, bed to start from um i forget the name of the project but what's the anime project from people pleaser i love that shiba something do you know that one i don't that one i do not know it's, it's, it's beautiful. There's so many, it. there's so and, many and anime, like there were so many anime projects that came out after Azuki that I was just yeah. like, just flooded the timeline with all these other derivative yeah. type projects. <laughs> well, they're not even, they're not even a PSP project. They like, oh, you know, my bad. It's like yeah. it's, it's more like they do, um, no, not your bad. Uh, they do like these short films, um, instead of a PFP. And I think their, their actual NFT is like uh, access to those things. Um, gosh, who else are great storytellers? I mean, you know, even like Goblin Town, what the fuck? Like, I, I think that's performance art, right? That's I do storytelling. too. It's, yeah, I do too. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, and, 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 and there's a lot more, there's not a ton, but there's definitely some of us out there that believe that story is a thing, you know, was, I, I don't know. Was it like the spring of last year? Maybe, you know, maybe it was the spring of last year where it was like storytelling NFTs was, was like the, the alpha um, I think I love that concept, but I think people were still sort of missing the point and, and it was, it was, it was a fad, but yeah, I think stories, stories are at the core, right? Stories, um, help you create an emotional connection to a brand or to a character that now you can, you know, you can actually financially own. Um, and I think I'm really looking forward to the space maturing a bit, right? Cause right now. I'd say 95% of the people who are in Web3 are really um, focused on the financial aspect, which is fine. We need people trading, right? But uh, at the end of the day, I think um, that's not what is going to help us onboard the rest of the world, right? Like stocks with, with, with JPEGs. Um, I think what's going to help is create uh, worlds and stories and characters that people can attach to and you know, watch TV shows, play video games, uh, you know, buy merchandise. I think those, those larger media expressions, comic books, those larger media expressions are going to help onboard the rest of the world. 
uh, especially when the tools get a little bit easier to, to bring them into our world. Yeah, I agree. My question to you is where did everybody go though? Like I remember during the, uh, the bowl, there was a, it seemed like there was a lot more activity on the timeline and now it's, uh, you know, I would say about 80% of the people I knew in the space kind of like disappeared. So what are your, where did they go? yeah, I don't well, know where they I went. Mean, <laughs> I, <was> well, <laughs> I think, uh, my, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, I think they're still alive. Um, <laughs> yep. no, no, I, I think it's my, my partner, my partner, Joda, I think he said, uh, he put it perfectly. He's like, they just went back to work. They just went back to work. Right. Like it was, if you had a half a brain and you did a little bit of research, it, it was kind of hard to lose money, right? If you got in, you know, if you got into one project, maybe the chances, who knows? But if you were here and you were consistently looking at what's going on and understanding what's being talked about, what projects are being talked about and why, I think it was relatively easy to make money, right? And when I say money, I don't mean like necessarily tens of thousands of dollars. You know, the, the average income in the United States, I think, is like, what, like forty or $50,000, so I think people can make 500 bucks, which is incredibly meaningful. Um, but I think they just went back to work because it got harder, right? I yeah, think a lot of people got scammed and, yeah. and it just got harder. And so I think they'll all come back. Um, but I think they'll come back when things are a little bit less volatile and um, the barrier to entry for people creating digital assets uh, is, is higher um, because it was – you know, I mean, gosh, during the bowl, the back half of the bowl, it was like if you – there were tools when Elf and Dota like first launched Forgotten Rooms. It was – you didn't know how like the access to like a, a generator or an Excel sheet and how to tag metadata and come up with these traits. Like there were no tools. There were no guidelines. Like the you know, back channel DMs is where it was happening. But by the second half of the bowl – it was like you could go to a blog post and say, hey, this is how you make a 10K collection. And if you had any um, awareness of how social media worked, um, you could build a collection, you could build up hype through social media, and you can make $2 million. Even if you had no intention of like going past the mint. And so it just was too easy um, for people uh, who didn't have the right uh, – uh, incentives and vision to come in and make money and then, and then leave. Uh, so, you know, I think, uh, I think they'll come back. I think all, I think what's really interesting right now is, um, all the tools that will make it very easy to come in are being built right now. You yeah, know, all, I agree. No, all no these, like a lot of, no, yeah. we need no code tools. We also need like the less friction, you know what I mean? Like, now, right now we have to like learn about like wallets. So, okay. Now we know about wallets. Now we got to like fund, uh, you know, crypto on a, on an exchange. We have to learn about crypto. We have to like then send that crypto to the wallet. We then have to, we then have it's, to go. It's, <laughs> it's so, crazy. It, it's so dumb. Like, like sitting and showing my mom how to do it. Um, <laughs> it's just absurd. And by the it's way, insane. I'm pretty sure, yeah. I'm pretty sure my mom who's 75 is more educated on Web3 than most people in the meat space, um, which is great. But point is, is yeah, the, the way I talk about it is where we need to go is it needs to be as easy as buying a, a shirt on Amazon as, as it is to buy an NFT. 
Um, and, and so I think a lot of these really cool, really great tools that are on, like very seamless onboarding ramps are being built now. So hopefully the timing works out where the next bull comes. Um, and it's just, it's just stupid easy for anyone to come in and, th- and maybe they don't even know they're buying a digital asset. Like I, I hope to that's God, the like, way that is the yeah. way I can't, I tell this, I tell this to everybody every day and they, a lot of people get mad at me for saying it, but it's like, as soon as we have like a frictionless system where you don't even know regular people don't even know they're using NFTs. Like we're not even going to use the word NFTs eventually, maybe like internally, you know how we use like acronyms internal internally, like we're mm-hmm. using the word let's synergize everybody, you know, this crazy stuff, you know, like we're not going to be using it. We, no one asked me like, Hey, show me a JPEG of your family. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. Well, it's, no one cares. No one exactly. cares. Yeah. No, no one, one cares, cares about the file. Amazon for, works. Exactly. No it just how works. The internet works. It just <laughs> works. You click a fucking button and then you get a thing or you get a like. Exactly. Um, Exactly. And so, yeah, I don't even think that's an opinion. That's just like how no, it's, that's, that's how fact. humanity works. Yeah, that's yeah. fact, dude. And that's why, you know, again, that's why iPhone changes their phone only 15%. Like every time they release a new, release a new phone, because if they change it too much, people will, you know, have some user, have some pioneering cost to it and lo- like lose interest and possibly go to Android and they might lose people if they change it a little too much. So if anything changes too much, unless it, unless you're simplifying things, now that in that case where you're not having to train people, that's the key. And the early internet was like that, right? Like the early, I don't know if you were around during the, during the nineties, like, but I was, and the early internet was brutal. Like there was some things that you just couldn't do unless you were a, a programmer like myself, like self like taught programmer. And you had to like log in through a command line. And then there's like, you know, of course there was AOL it's the messenger, which kind of like solidified the internet. Think about that. Like nobody was on the internet until AOL came along and like gave people access to the web. And it made it super simple, it, even though and, it, the, and it was slow, right? It was like, wicked I remember slow. Yeah, it was college, crazy slow. You know, I graduated high school in '98. Yeah. Um, and so it's like even then it was like, oh my god, my high school got like computers <laughs> in. They had like a computer lab, which yep. is, I mean, it's hilarious <laughs> now. Um, but like the loading, like the loading. Uh, you know, it's like. I grew up not to like super date myself, although I just I just told everybody when I graduated from high school. Um, you know, it's like when I was growing up, like I remember we got like Encyclopedia, we got Encyclopedia Britannica, <laughs> right? Because it was like okay, I, I remember that report. too, dude. Remember? Was so yeah. great. It was so and good. It was like, like yes. I have to do a book report, and then I like either you're going to the library, and like I didn't know how to use the Dewey Decimal System, so I was never going to find anything. Um, but like you so say, you get an Encyclopedia, and then you're like, okay, you're going to look up a topic, and then hope to God that you know the encyclopedia has some information on that topic and so you know and then the internet comes and it just used to load so slowly i mean it was like dial up it was just it was there's so much friction and so yeah i mean all these you know again i don't my mom hates when i like call myself stupid i, I don't think i'm stupid but like i think i'm intuitive and i also love, love taking risks i think the reality is is like um you know if you're around long enough and you're paying attention, you can see cycles, right? And those cycles um, happen in all sorts of different businesses and, and verticals in the world. But if you're around long enough and you're paying attention, you can kind of see how things play out. It won't be one-to-one and exactly the same, but you can have a little maybe clear picture of, of how things will play out. And so, you know, I've done a bunch of stupid random things that, uh, I think 
maybe give me a, a, an idea of like how how things how things work and 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 I, but I will say like uh, uh, I'm just so impressed with the level of intelligence and passion and drive uh, of people you know who are younger in the space. Um, I'm just I'm just impressed and and I, I think we're gonna make it as as a society. So um, so yeah. Yeah, I do. I do agree. I mean, there's a lot of this, this space has definitely attracted a lot of like wicked smart people, which is why I call this uh, podcast kind of wicked smart. So yeah, man, it's crazy. The the talent that came here and there's also, obviously there's some people that, you know, the retail investor obviously doesn't know a lot and they're just here for investments. And I think those are some of the people that exited the space when the, when the bear market hit, like a lot of retail investors kind of disappeared and, you know, the people who are here for the long run or just in the tech space moving forward, you know, they're going to, they're actually going to win. I think they're going to, they're going to win, win big because they are focused on the right category. I mean, this is definitely a new layer to the internet that we're building here. And I think it's great. I think it's definitely yeah. you know, empowering people that there's a lot of people that actually got empowered through blockchain and, you know, through web three right now that no way would have had access to the, you know, being in the tech space. Like you have oh, God, to, no. think about that. Like think about how, how hard it would be. You'd have to go to college. You have to get a degree or, or not even get a degree. You'd have to just be a really good coder or you'd have to get degrees. If you want to be an executive at a tech company or something like that, or like working at a tech company, they won't hire you without that. It takes a lot of work to build up credentials in a career in the tech space. And you know, like this was kind of like an on a, like a fast pass on ramp to the tech space. But the problem is now they're like, these people actually have to learn to learn like how to, they can add value to the tech space because this is just an, just an iteration of the tech. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and like it or not, you know, uh, we don't have to get into the debate of like our VCs good or bad, but point is, is like, you know, we are going to be here either know, way. They're going to be here. Either well, way, so. totally, totally. <laughs> and, and also like speaking of seeing cycles, like they've seen cycles, you take like Mark Andreessen, right? I think there was something that he that I heard him say on some interview last year, uh, and maybe it was obvious to other people, but it wasn't to me. He was like, you know, I, I he helped fund all the big companies that came out of, you know, the the internet bubble crash, the Y two K crash in two thousand, you know, and, and from the ashes, you know, rose Google, Facebook, Amazon, all the all the companies that basically own the internet today. And he was like, I've, he's like, I've never thought that there was, I was going to like be alive for a moment that had this big of a change or impact on the space. He's like, I think Web3 is that. And then he also said, he was like, when you have, um, when you have a group of highly intelligent people who have like a, a skill set that very few people have, and they're concentrating on solving like a handful of problems, he's like, you can bet that it's going to get solved, right? And like, like people and humans, um, they're very uh, competitive and they like to move things forward and innovate. And so you, you get a group of highly intelligent people working on a handful of issues. And then, you know, from his perspective, right, he's funding, he has money to deploy. Then you give them the resources to help them speed up that process He's just like, we're going to figure it out. Um, and so, yeah, that's just something that always, you know, made sense to me. Yeah, same here. It always has. But I've also always been in the tech space. So, again, for me, it's it's an easy one. So let's, uh, what do you, do you think lore, because you mentioned lore earlier, um, do you think lore actually can 
can kind of like turn around like any product because I see I see marketplaces like you know OpenSea and Blur. I don't think there's any. Do you think lore could actually be put into that? Because I don't see lore that can make like a, a marketplace sexy. It's a marketplace. You know what I mean? It's kind of like creating uh, yeah. lore around eBay. You know what do you what are your thoughts on that? Um, uh, the marketplaces today, I think, are built and Blur's a perfect example. And again, I'm I'm not saying this is a bad thing. I just think it's like it's an indication of where we're at in, the, in like the in the cycle. Sure. Is that the marketplaces are right now are built um, for people who are financially uh, focused on trading and making money. Which again, incredibly important. If we didn't have that, this, we wouldn't even be as far as we are today. And so, you know, does Lore have a place in a broad marketplace like Blur OpenSea, uh, or does Lore? Uh, not really. I, I, I think, I think we're gonna see. And maybe this is actually a topic I wanted to talk about, and I think it plays into it. If you're cool with it, this idea of like genres and categories uh, and verticals within Web three. Um, right now, yeah, we, we basically, like I was saying before, you're either like fine art one of one or you're a PFP. And right. I know that there's other categories, right? Of course there's gaming, there's, uh, music, there's all these other things. But I, I think in general, people really just like categorize those two. And so these marketplaces are just built to, um, to help make it easier to trade and understand how much money did you pay for this thing? Uh, how much money can you sell it for now? Uh, what are some charts that sort of show the analytics that like, you know, can maybe give you a clearer picture of where it's going. And so, no, I don't necessarily think when you think of marketplaces today, that lore has, a, has like a, a spot to like help turn it around. I think, you know, they use things like incentives, uh, which is again, financial. You look at the, 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 the blur token and, and what that's done. Um, I think what will end up happening is as the space progresses, um, people will stop judging all of, uh, let's say, let's just take like the, the PFP side of, the, of those two categories. I think right now everybody is judging for the most part. Everybody's judging a PFP project by the same criteria, right? Yeah. And I think that is like such a bad idea because – People are doing very. People are building to solve very different things. We're building because we're building towards like trying to like redefine uh, how to like speed run and build a piece of entertainment IP, right? Like we want to be the next Lord of the Rings, right? And there's a lot of elements to that, but that's like very different than like what Artifact is doing, right? They want to redefine what digital digital wearables are, right? And so why like how could you possibly evaluate us and them with the same three or four criteria it just doesn't make any sense and so i think what will end up happening is uh these niches will start to will get big enough where these niches start to become their own thing and those different niches like for us in storytelling and lore i think more projects that are doing that will collaborate more and more I think more people, the onboarding and, and regular people who, who like, you know, entertainment and watching stuff or playing games will start to like pool up together. Um, and then I think maybe eventually, uh, you know, there'll be verticalized marketplaces for each project. But I actually think, 
you know, we have a couple steps to get. Um, I think that's the future, to, by the way. What you just said, I think, is the future. So, sorry, I don't. I do too. I, I don't I do mean to interrupt too. you for just one second, no, but no, it's, it's, okay. it's basically. Uh, I think the the future is all these projects will have their own marketplace because of the marketplace kind of wars that are going on right now, and then there'll be like a search engine that indexes all these decentralized marketplaces, so you can find them like really easily, and then you don't have to worry about like spam or clicking on the wrong link, you just go right to the search engine and you know that it's the right link going to the right place. And all of a sudden you have all these decentralized in the marketplaces you don't have to worry about royalties because the royalties are what they decide on their marketplace that's on their, you know, on their platform that they can control. I think that's probably the future for me at least. I a thousand percent agree. And, you know, I think, you know, we've all seen the shift from uh, the old model to like DTC direct to consumer, right? And and there's a lot of power in having smaller audiences who are way more engaged than like math audiences who are, you know, not really uh, not really sticky. But I think there's a I think there's a, a, like an important step before we get to this like highly decentralized marketplace um, system. I think we have to. I think we. I think these niches and categories. Um, I think categories is probably a better term. I think we have to define those categories first. And so it's like, okay, like a marketplace for gaming NFTs. That's a thing, you know, next to uh, a marketplace that's like all about like entertainment and storytelling. That's a marketplace. There's a marketplace for digital wearable. Um, and then I think once that gets established, then we can then take the next step. And that is like marketplaces per project. I think it's just it's hard to go from like two categories and marketplaces that are really for traders directly jumping into, hey, uh, we're a project and we have our own marketplace. And by the way, like we like we have our own marketplace. One of our community members, TV, shout out to TV, built a Forgotten Runes marketplace, and it's amazing. Um, do people use it? You know, our core our core community, yes, uses it. Um, but you know, most people are still using Blur. But point is, is I, I think we'll get to the to those to those per project marketplaces. I don't think I don't think we'll get there next. I think we have to. I think the marketplace has to has to evolve um, and stick to categories first, and then we get to like the individual marketplaces. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I definitely I definitely agree. I just think uh, you know, there's so many royalties going like south right now, and the, the battle between whether companies can like stay open or pay their people with, you know, they were, they were betting on royalties. And of course there is no built in system right now that's being used at least to, to like basically make sure that those royals royalties come in. The thing the, the funny thing is, is like, I think the whole drive to web three or just blockchain in general for artists was the royalty discussion. I remember talking to people early into our, like I would say middle to late 2020, not early. Um, and they were the reason why they were going, this is the pitch to me, at least they gave me was, Hey, I don't have to chase down royalties. I don't have to, you know I mean? If my, my art keeps being sold on these marketplaces, I get whatever royalty I set there and it just keeps getting, it just keeps getting, you know, um, you know, you, the more art you put out, the more your art trades hands, the more money you get back. And I think that's pretty powerful. Um, and now the, now like these marketplaces are just not supporting the, the initial why artists came to the space. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's interesting that leaving it up to the person, the person buying the art 
Like, it, it, of course, they're going to want to pay less, right? If you give them the option to pay less, like same thing with anything you, you see on the internet. Like, that's the reason why Amazon wins all the time is because not only is it available, but it's you pay less for things. Um, Follow the money. And paying less. Exactly that, dude. So it's like... Follow the money. Yeah. So it's it's interesting, man. It's uh, it's an interesting dilemma. So, you know, why don't we get into some of the stuff you you guys are working on over at Forgotten Ruins. So let's tell me more about... Give me the history of that real quick. Just like, because there's a lot of people in the audience that probably don't know a lot of the history of Forgotten Ruins. I know it, but, you know, a lot of people don't. So can you go a little deep into that and... I, maybe not so deep, but like, you know what I mean? Like a, at least surface level. So people understand like what the project is and everything like that. Of course. And also Elf, I know uh, this is a good time for Elf to come up. Yeah. He's, he's, so he's, he's very so welcome to come up. Yep. Just push the button. Elf, you, should you should request Elf if you want to come up, although he's probably working. Um, <laughs> real so, quick. Hey, real quick. I'm sorry okay. to interrupt, but real quick, we've got like a hundred people in the space and only eight retweets. So let's uh, just everybody out there that's in the audience listening. Let's get some retweets going. Cause this is uh, an amazing conversation here. Yeah. It's pinned to the top. If anybody wants to retweet, that'd be greatly appreciated. Um, that's how you best support this space i appreciate it so much um yeah if you could that'd yep. be great yo what's up fitty so um bear snake go ahead my man we were, we were right about the <clears throat> story <laughs> yeah so um forgotten runes i mean at its simplest the simplest way to put it is we're speed running the next fantasy franchise um and um you know Coming out of Web3, I think we have a new tooling that, you know, traditional pieces of IP entertainment never have. Uh, and I think that is the, the ability to um, bring your community um, who own our character NFTs uh, into the, the creation of that world. So, like, you know, Elf always talks about, like, this idea of, like, we're, like, the decentralized Middle Earth. Um, and... And so because we build tools, so, so it, it's a fantasy IP. Um, we're making a television show. Um, uh, it's anime inspired. Uh, you can see the trailer that we made with Titmouse, um, which is a really fantastic uh, animation studio. It's about 90 seconds long. It's like a teaser of the, the kind of show that we're making. Uh, we have Derek Colstead who uh, wrote and created all the John Wick movies. Um, he's writing the television nice. show. Wow. Um, super killer, super, like, just an amazing, amazing guy. You know, he was, like, an executive producer on a bunch of Marvel shows. And, um, you know, he – actually, I, I called him when we wanted to – when we needed to find a writer because uh, he had just finished doing a draft on the Dungeons and Dragons movie. And so I know he's a big world builder in, in most fantasy. So, you know, when you think about, when you, when you, when you unpack this concept of uh, speed running a franchise, um, a franchise, you have to like look at what a franchise is made up of. Traditionally, it's made up of, you know, TV show or film, uh, comic books video games, uh, merchandising, uh, all these things, events. And so um, we're doing all these things. And I think there's a bit of an eye roll from the people who have been in the NFT space over the past couple of years, because it almost sounds like that's what like a lot of projects are trying to do. I think the difference with us is like, we're actually doing these things. Yeah, I was just going to say, you guys are doing <laughs> You guys have the it's skill hard, set. Yeah. You've already proven yourself uh, – you know what I mean? Like in, in the tech space already, you know what I mean? And in the entertainment field, of course, as well. So this is like a perfect scenario. 
Yeah, exactly. And so I think it's hard to differentiate why people would believe us versus other people who just say it and have no idea how to get it done. Um, but if you look into what we're actually doing, you'll see that like, you know, all these things are already in motion, right? So we have the television show, we're developing it. Um, I I think it's going to end up on a major streamer. That's the goal. Um, And, you know, the fact that we have uh, a writer who's maybe one of the, you know, one of the top 20, 30 writers in all of Hollywood as our person who's helping us craft this, uh, these characters and stories and and animation studio that, you know, make the most popular cartoons uh, on TV. Obviously, like we're moving forward at like a breakneck pace, right? Um, you look at you look at video games. Um, you know, we uh, are making a couple different games. Our, the biggest one is called uh, uh, the Runiverse, which is what we call our fantasy world, um, and it's an MMORPG. Um, and we have about a team of about like forty people uh, working every day. They've been forty people working for the past year and a half building this thing out. Um, we actually did a raise with. Uh, we sold uh, a, basically like a private land sale to what I think are a group of people who are some of the you know biggest thought leaders in the space. So uh, Ryan Zur and Dialectic, um, Alexis Ohanian and Seven Seven Six, Placeholder, um, One Confirmation with Nick, you know, up, up, and then and then we brought in some more friends like Dees and Sobe and Fiscante to come aboard too, um, because I think there's like a social aspect that they bring that these traditional VCs don't. So that game is, you know, we have an alpha that we're play testing right now. Um, it'll launch later this year, uh, and and we're excited, right? It's going to be browser based. It'll be free to play. Um, the idea here is we, we partner with a company called Bisonic uh, that's been making games for a long, long, long time. They're known – if you can't find Bisonic, that's like the, their new sort of name. But if you look up something – a company called Maximum Games, that's really the same team. Sure. Um, and so, <clears throat> so we're making that game. It's very exciting. I think you can play as your NFT. And I think the goal there is that um, – you know, it's a game first, right? We 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 are not a game studio, so we need to find people who are really good at making games. And we found them, and we partnered with them. So it's a game first. We have to make a good game. And the idea is, you can play this game, and you don't even need to interact with 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 blockchain uh, to play it. You can just play it. Um, but if you want to, you can craft items, and you can turn. You know, uh, you can buy land, you can build houses. There's like a social loop. There's a battle loop. Um, and there's resources on the land and we'll have a whole landfill, uh, you know, later this year. The point is, is like, it's, it's a full fledged game. It's not like a half-assed thing. It's, it's, it's really happening. Um, and then we're making a bunch of like on more like on chain games. So we're building this thing, uh, called, uh, battle for a goblin town. Um, if you know what, uh, settlers of Catan is, it's like settlers of Catan meets uh wolf game. So it's a little bit more sort of degeny token first, but it's it still lives in, in like the lore of of, of our world. Um, we have a ten issue comic book series that um, I'm, I think I'm going to sign the publishing deal this week. Um, we have this artist Riley Brown who's been drawing Deadpool uh, for you know over fifteen years. Uh, so we're doing that. <clears throat> we have a whole merchandise line you can see on our store. So point is, is like, there's this concept of like, 
how do you how do you, we what we what we're trying to do is bridge the gap between um, the people who are in Web three, who are in our community, who own our tokens, making sure that you know we're giving them um, things to do, things that are fun, things to do to interact with. But we also need to start throwing stones over the fence to the rest of the world. Um, and 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 we think like having a show on Netflix, having a big successful game, having comic books. Um, and marketing to these people who don't even know what an NFT is, we think it's like it's almost it's like eating eating a hot dog from both ends. Like I think with the tooling getting better for onboarding everybody else, I think the idea is like by the time the show comes out, by the time the game comes out, it's going to be a lot easier to onboard Web two gamers. Um, and so, and I think really underlying all of this, the special sauce is this idea of like decentralized world building. Um, and so, you know, one of the first things that the team built is this thing called the Book of Lore. And so uh, the Book of Lore essentially is like an on-chain, um, it's an on-chain book where you go to our site, you go click on the Book of Lore, you connect your wallet, the book flips to the page with your character, um, and then on the other side is a blank page. And you can write two sentences, you can write 100,000 sentences, you can put art, you can put animation, and then you actually put it on chain connected to that character um, forever, right? It's forever connected to that character. And so what we do, and we have over 4,000 st original stories written in the book of lore, which I think is like such a phenomenal stat and shows the types of people that uh, our community has. We, I think, super over-index um, with the people in Web3 who are here for what I think are, are the right reasons, right? They're looking for a community. They're looking for people who are innovating and pushing the space forward and, and really building that emotional connection. But what's cool is those stories that are baked in and written in by our community to the Book of Lore, we take those stories, we take those concepts, we take those characters, and we implement them into these larger, larger media expressions. So... Like, you know, the comic book is filled with stories that were inspired by and written by our community. There's characters in our TV show. There's storylines in our TV show that are inspired by um, those stories in the Book of Lore. Derek is reading the Book of Lore and, and, and sort of, you know, pulling from that. It's, it's the source material. Um, and then, you know, even in the game, we're implementing stuff in the game. And so I think that is – we can't – we can't talk about that enough because that is that's that's what's new. That's what's novel, right? Like you look at like Harry Potter and all the fan fiction or Lord of the Rings and all the fan fiction. That is like you have like this one person um, who creates the world um, and they decide all the things. And so now we're like turning that horizontal and we're taking this idea of fan fiction which I, I don't really like that term. We call it like cult content, but we're taking the stories and the world and the world building elements from that and baking them into it. So we're, we really see our community as stand as sitting next to us, building it with us. If that makes sense, it does make sense. Question to you: How are how are we gonna how are you gonna convince folks um, to take the Web three slash blockchain like? journey with you that's that are not already here or are you actually just going to put this out into the regular you know tech and entertainment field and just people are going to read comic books people are going to watch you know let's just say on netflix 
the series that you guys are going to make, things like that? Or is it, are, are you going to try and like get people to adopt? Are you going to try to get people to, you know, is the story going to like involve getting into blockchain or is it, is this just one medium and you're going to leverage all these other mediums without using the term blockchain and web three and, you know, and NFTs and things like that. Yeah. I, I don't think it's our goal to uh, the TV. Let's just stick with the TV show. The TV show's goal isn't ultimately to buy an NFT at first. It's really about, um, it's really about building awareness for, for the IP. Right. And so it, it I, we, how do I put it? I, like our job is to become a global brand, right? And I think our core audience, the people who have been with us from the beginning will benefit if we have a, a hit television show on Netflix or HBO Max or whatever, right? And I think, you know, even with the comic books, like we know that fantasy is a massive uh like, you know, genre in entertainment. Um, and a lot of those people read comic books. So we're going and we're making comic books with people who have been making comic books and publishers who, who, who do that for a living to, to get it out there. I think we will bridge the gap and lower, like lower the bridge into web three. Um, when those things start to hit, I also think like, you know, now with royalties, I mean, we're essentially operating from a business perspective, like we're operating from the standpoint of royalties don't exist anymore, which is a damn shame. And I'm sure Elf would love to talk about it if he feels it coming up. Um, it's a whole other topic. But I think for us, it's it's if we make the show and it comes out, you know, it takes like 18 to 24 months for a show to even be made. Uh, animation's, you know, quite, quite long process. Um, by the time that show comes out, I think the tooling for onboarding normal people um, is going to be in a very different place than today. Um, and so we will come up with ways for um, just like Reddit did with their digital collectibles. I think there's a way to introduce people into the Web3 ecosystem <clears throat> through the television show. Um, do we know exactly what that looks like? We have certainly have a million ideas of how to do that. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that's, that's for the future. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes complete sense. Question goes. It's also hard. It's also <laughs> hard, right? Like I have a, not to cut you off, but like the last thing I'll no, say is like, for my, pers- from my perspective, like I have a 12 year old son who loves fantasy. He watches anime, he plays Elden Ring and bunch of video games. If my son, if I wasn't in web three, if my son came to me and said, Oh, like I just watched this TV show and um, I want to get a wizard. And I'm like, okay, well, how much does it cost? He's like five thousand dollars. I I would I would just walk away from him. So I think this idea of like you know we need to protect um, the Genesis collections of which we have you know we have ten thousand warriors, we have souls which came from a burning mechanism of 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 the wizards. We have warriors which I think are probably the most sort of quote-unquote affordable uh, character that I think they're like, I don't know, like 0.15 ETH. Um, But I think ultimately we're going to have to, you know, not only do the onboarding tools need to exist to bring everybody in, but I think there also needs to be like a price point 
that normal people yeah, can, normalizes. can even fuck with. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, of course, of course. I'll buy my son a $15 thing. I'm not going to even, you know, you think about it, even like our like affordable character token is hundreds of dollars. Like that's, you can't do that. Like you can't, like that, that, no, not I, everybody can I agree. afford that. I agree. You know what? I think the, uh, I think NFTs will normalize in price eventually. And what I think is going to happen, just my opinion is I think NFTs will actually hold value because of the people who actually built up the value for those NFTs, right? So if someone actually owns it and like uses it as their PFP and they become important, let's just say in gaming, and all of a sudden they go to sell their avatar that's them to somebody else, now that avatar has value. You know what I mean? Like people can go and build up these avatars and, you know, have like a kind of like a character or, or like person behind them. And it's kind of like buying a sports jersey of like someone famous. You know what I mean? Like you got, you get the jersey. Oh, here's the jersey. It's, but it's an NFT. You know what I mean? So. Oh, well, totally. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I, think, I think that's. And imagine. Value. Yeah. And, and, and like, just like, uh, like in, in our minds, the wizards are the, the Genesis collection, right? They, they're at, they're at the top of the, our priority list always when we're, when we're thinking about what we're going to do next. And so there's a finite number of those. In fact, like they're inflationary because we, you know, there's a, a flame token that you can burn and turn into a soul. And so I think those, those that like that idea of those wizards, as time goes on and our ecosystem builds, they will become more and more legendary. And then you put on top of it, you know, people who are telling these stories, the characters that we put into all of the, the comic book and the TV show and the video game, um, those characters will become legendary in their own right. And all of a sudden they're like, you know, that's like the, the MCU that's, that's the Avengers. And, and you can maybe, if you, if you love, you like become obsessed, you can work your way up into, into like owning a wizard at some point, but we have to have options for people to enter into forgotten rooms that doesn't cost hundreds or, or thousands or, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. Absolutely. I think a lot of this stuff, like I said, is, a, is overpriced. And once we add, and of course you've added supply, you'll definitely have, you know, cheaper price points to get in instead of like some of these, uh, PFPs going away. I actually think they're just going to drop in value and, and this just remain there, you know, until, you know, people are going to be, you know, trying to get the originals like 20. Oh, these are from 2021. Oh, these are from 2022. Oh, okay. Well, then these are valuable. Yeah, we see with Pokemon, right? Exactly. We see with Pokemon. It's, it's the same. These collectibles, these are, these are the iconic original sets, right? And there's a finite number of them and they will increase in value as we grow the brand through all of these different directions. Yep. I totally agree. How do you feel about, and this is a, this is going to be a hot take possibly, how do you feel about again? There's a big, there's a mixed bag here. People think that you like Web two, so-called Web two people, which is just the web, by the way. I think the internet, Web two people coming into Web three is like a bad thing. I actually see it as like a super, like a positive thing. Like experienced operators coming into the space, knowing how to operate businesses, and there's like this counterculture, according to like everything I've read, and and people are talking about this all the time. Like people don't like like so-called web two people coming into this space and you know what I mean? Like trying to operate. I actually think it's a good thing just because, you know, first off, like I don't see web two versus web three anyway. Like to me, it's just the tech space and with the blockchain layer. And I, I definitely see like this renegade rebel kind of like, Hey, come into the space, but don't use your real name for a little while. So people get used to you and your takes and then you can like dox yourself. Like, 
but wait, I was, I don't, I don't feel like I need to have a, a profile that does that. And you know, some people do. I mean, there are a lot of people that have come into the space and, you know, doxed later. And I think, I mean, this is just my opinion. Like, I don't know if people would have trusted project founders as in like, I don't want to bring up D guys, but you know, Frank's a, you know, 23 year old dude. You know what I mean? Like how many people would have mm-hmm. actually trusted a 23 year old kid to like run a project if they knew who he was right away? Or let's say, um, you know, and uh, you know, all these other projects that are, that are out, like even the CEO, the head of blur, you know, that dude that found it really, well, he's a wicked young kid. Like, I don't know. People would have been excited about blur as much as if they knew, you know, don't get me wrong. He was obviously these, all these people I'm talking about are very talented and skilled and all that stuff. Right. But I feel like this, this, this pseudonym like saves them from judgment of their age. And, you know, and I'm talking like saves them from judgment of being too old and too young, you know what I mean? To do these things. And like, especially too young though, operator wise, how do you feel about that? Would you, would you have like thought about investing or, or like taking part in projects of, if you knew like a, a 20 year old kid was running it as the CEO? Um, not many people could do what Frank did. I mean, it's really impressive. I mean, the guy knows how to social engineer with the best of them. He could probably go get a job like running marketing for Pepsi, you know, oh, yeah. and, do a, better, and, again, and not, do a better job. Oh, 100%. <laughs> no, no, and, oh, I know you, 100%. and I know you're not talking shit. Yeah. No, I guess my, I guess so my answer is, is like in general, most 23-year-olds – could not do what he's doing. So would you so have sure, given him the, yeah. Would you have given him the, like the, the ability though to do it? Like even at like, no, probably not. I mean, it, you know, if, if, if I'm to be honest, yeah. probably not, but I think the anonymity is there's, there's like uh there's, there's two sides to it. Right. I think, sure. you know, it protects you, right. If you, you know, he got to get into this, um, in a way he probably wouldn't have been able to because yeah, of like you said of who he is, but like on like the same thing, right? I think there, you're right. There is this like antagonistic view of people coming in from more traditional businesses into web three. And, and I think, and this is, I, I think this is just something that comes from just us being living in an echo chamber of web three um, is like, Oh, like they don't get it. They don't get the ethos of what we're doing. But the reality is, is like, uh, I'm. I wasn't Web three. I wasn't Web three. Like I like. I, like, did am I an NFT not, artist? None of us. No. None of us were. Am, am none I of us a were. Like literally, yeah, so, none of us were. Like no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what's and funny so about think, the term. <laughs> totally, totally. It's just like, oh, do you? But like, so right now, everybody's like, you know, uh, people like these project founders have never even run a business. Like, how can we trust them? It's like, well, guess who has run a business? People who like come from everywhere else, right? I think exactly. something, you know, this, this also may be a hot take. Like I, and I saw this at maker um, uh, and also in, in, in VR uh, is the, un, the tricky part is a lot of times when you have a, a new space, like, you know, new technology that's like rapidly being developed um, and there's like entry points for people from traditional worlds a lot of the time, um, the people who come from the traditional space into these new spaces are actually executives that couldn't hack it and weren't successful in that in in, in that old business, right? And 
And, and so it's like <laughs> the first wave of people who come sometimes are like the trash executives who really weren't that good and they didn't have an option. So they came into the space because they had like institutional knowledge of, of, um, you know, uh, something that like benefits the space. Obviously that's not always true. I mean, I would like, essentially I'm talking shit on myself right now. I was just going to say, I'm like, isn't it, isn't it, isn't it you, but but you're not, but you're not, but you did make it. Like I said, and and I'm from the space and I definitely easily can get a job in whatever you want to call it. Totally. Totally. So it's interesting. I, yeah. I'm just, yeah. Like, I, so, so I, I bring that up not to say, you know, um, that's what always happens. I'm just an insane person and I get bored every three years. Um, <laughs> Same here. And so, and also I just don't like people, like I need, like I want to be in a space where I can have real impact on a business and, and in entertainment, um, you know, it's about politics and, and managing up to your boss. And not getting fired is actually not about making great shows and and all that stuff. So for me, it's just um uh, maybe I'm an anomaly. It sounds like you are too. I think there's certain people that just get excited about you know working in a new space. I always talk about like if I if I take a job um, and I have like a pretty good idea of how it's all going to play out, then I I lean away and I don't want to do it because then it's like I know if I know what's going to happen, then like what's fun about that? What's great about our space now is every decision we make, there's like a 50% chance that no one's ever done that before. How fucking cool that's is so that? so cool, yeah. I How totally fucking agree. cool is that? And like yeah. that's why there's like this electricity and passion. Um, you know, but I also like grew up, you know, playing punk rock and I'm anti-government in a lot of regards. And, and so, I don't know, this space specifically spoke, spoke, spoke to me. Yeah, that makes sense. And it also makes sense because it's like very counterculture. And you know, you being a drummer in a rock band, you know what I mean? Like, come on, dude. Like it's it's totally it totally fits. Yeah. But I do think, I do think like we need people, especially there's no royalties, right? And like how many times can a project like put more tokens out into the world? You can't do it all the time. And now you can do it even less because royalties aren't aren't sort of a revenue stream anymore. And so what does that mean? You need to find and maybe it's ultimately good for the space. Um, I mean, royalties should be here. Um, and I'm super fucking pissed that they're not here. Um, and I think the reasons that they've been cut out are for really short term game gain. And it's, it's disappointing. Um, but the reality is, is like these projects, including us need to find and, and sort of plan for alternate revenue streams. Um, and how do you do that? You, you, you start to explore other business business models and you know and that's what we're gonna have to do and so the you know you you don't want to just always have to learn an entire business i think it's really important to move quickly in our space especially and so the way you move fast is get people who know more than you in a certain in a certain you know business yeah i couldn't agree more it's definitely interesting your take is uh is definitely unique my man i i I like i like where your head's at there are definitely some people in the space that you know you just were like wait what are you doing here and then uh there's some people who are just like man i'm glad you're here so there's no doubt about that there's a lot of actually i think there's more people in the space as far as i'm concerned at least that i'm glad they're here like i haven't really met like previous like executives coming into the space that don't want to do something great i think there's more innovation that could happen here like, you know, old, like business models from the other part of the internet to bring into the blockchain. And, but at the same time, I don't think blockchain solves all problems. I think a lot of people are applying blockchain 
to problems that are, that are already solved and uh, without blockchain. So I don't know, like in some cases, like you don't need blockchain to actually solve some of these problems, but they're trying to put a square peg in a round hole just to say they're like a blockchain company. Kind of like, um, you know, that have you ever seen Silicon Valley, the TV show where they're like, you know, the-, the One of the best shows ever. Right? Made, yeah. Dude, I know some of the people in there, but there was like an episode where they're, they're, they were like, we have VR. <laughs> That's all I kept saying is, like and oh by the way we have vr because vr was like obviously you know this just as well because you were doing vr you were saying so vr was like a hot very hot topic kind of like blockchain is now vr was like blowing up in like 20 2016 2017 2018 and then they kind of saw like a little bit of a decrease and people weren't getting as funded as much and then blockchain came out a couple years these couple years later here and that i saw the same kind of like pump with vr like so many companies there were so many companies that came out of the woodwork doing vr stuff and then i'd say about 80 to 90 percent of those companies are gone now so i swear to god um 95 percent positive that we sold our vr company so that that larger company could say we have vr i'm, I, I, I'm sure you're right. not joking like for real <laughs> like that was like that was the that, like that's why they did it it's absurd <laughs> That's what I love. I love about that show. It's that it's, it touches on something that's just too real. You know what I mean? It was like such a, the, the nomenclature that was used in that show, the, the lingo, it's hilarious. And we're trying to save the world and we're trying to make the world a better place. <laughs> no, it was almost hilarious. like watching that show. I was like, I would watch that show and be like, I, I am living this episode. Like this yeah. is my life. Yes, exactly that dude. Like it's hilarious. One episode where they're like in the grocery store and she's like shopping. She's like, look at my, look at what my life's turned into. I'm actually the only one in the grocery store shopping for myself. <laughs> oh yeah. I remember that. Everybody. Yeah. 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 <laughs> anyway. Can I, can I bring up a topic that yes, I wanted to get bring like, your opinion on? It's not yes, about please. forgotten rooms. Um, but I do think it has to do with, um, blockchain and it actually enhancing uh enhancing something where it's yeah. it's actually useful so um okay hopefully this isn't too random but like okay uh i think the next phase like for maker studios i'll, I'll just use that as an example so this relationship like we're obsessed um with this concept of like redefining the relationship between the fan and the franchise right that's what forgotten runes is about like how do we how do we um how do we bring in our audience in a way that was not possible because of the new tooling that web three and blockchain is providing. And so in, in, in when we would work with these YouTubers, you know, you, you take a look at from the perspective of the audience, the audience, what they got out of that relationship was um, they could watch a video. They could like a video. They could comment. Oh no, did he rug? I was just gonna say, was I did I get rugged or did he No rugged? no no I got a phone so call. Annoying. No, I got a phone call. It's so annoying. <laughs> put I it on uh, so to... you have to you have to set the uh you have to put on your do not disturb. Okay, I'm putting it on right now. Um Okay, so okay, so those are the things that you that that was the way um an audience member could interact with this creator that they you know supported, right? Um and then from the creator standpoint, uh, 
you know, they would monetize those views and they would engage with the audience on those things, but then they would have to give 55% to YouTube, the platform, right? So every sure. dollar that every dollar they made, they'd have to give 55 cents to YouTube, which is like insane, but okay, fine. What I think the next evolution um, is going to be that blockchain is, is going to like, you know, basically essentially help push forward is this idea of the audience um, participating in the monetization uh, model, right? And so imagine a world where not only can you like, subscribe, comment um, with the, a creator or a piece of IP, but you actually participate in the monetization that the creator is earning. Um, and so you almost think about it like Netflix. And I know that maybe this sounds crazy, maybe it doesn't, but this idea that like Netflix was a subscription service, right? Um, and then of course now like the subscription, uh, like people, it's like that, 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 that's being saturated. Like there's only so many subscribers that are going to be able to draw in uh, no matter how much money they spend on content, but imagine, and now they're going to, now they're doing an advertising tier, which is like the most absurd thing. They're going backwards into an old model. Imagine if people got paid to watch things that they already want to watch and to be able to participate in that right and, and i think we're seeing that in gaming also it's like the reason like activision is probably you know like, that's in, that's interesting that you brought that up am I've, i making sense yeah yeah pay to sense? watch i've heard i've heard this uh been talk about a lot and pay to watch i i was I've, I've heard from some bright minds that it just doesn't work i think it could if it's done the right way yeah, I actually I hate when, when you say it like that. Pay to watch it sounds gross and horrible, and I hate it. I but know. Like, if there's another way to do it, it's like it's almost like uh, you know, there's there's so much terminology out there too. It's like you can like learn to earn. You know what I mean? Like there's there's yeah. that me that mentality of like or methodology of like we're we're gonna like put out some coursework. You're gonna you're gonna do some curriculum, and then you're going to like earn something every time you like watch one of these. And it and it kind of reminds me of. Like there's a couple of companies that still do this where they're like, you know, watch a couple of ads for us and we'll give you access to X, you know what I mean? Like, and it's, it's very, you know, I don't know how to explain it except for a little spammy where you're like, oh yeah, watch this. Or it's like a co do you know what co-reg is where you have to like sign up for a bunch of offers and possibly win like an iPad or like an, a laptop or something like that. I've, I've seen something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So how co-reg works is like you, you Basically, they're like, hey, you know, you get to have a free laptop or iPad. All you have to do is fill out, you know, 15 of these offers. And, you know, those offers get sold as like CPA or cost per acquisition deals to like the affiliates. And then that amount of money that they collect from those affiliate fees is like two or three thousand dollars on an iPad's like, you know, 500 bucks, you know. So it's uh, it's a good ROI on that stuff. But it's also very, you know, what I mean, like you have to you're going to get literally put on the lists of emails for the rest of your life and just ruin your email address and your name and all that stuff that goes with it. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I think the tricky part is you don't want to destroy um, yeah. the incentive structure for um, people watching things. Right. And, and again, like you have to skip over the idea of like, okay, well that can be highly botted or, or whatever. But point is, is I think, you know, you look at like the reason web two is so dangerous is that like three companies own the lion's share of advertising revenue. Right. And nothing is, nothing is good. Nothing is, 
nothing good is going to come from that. And right? like 500 like, wallets are like tra- actively trading. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and then, and then you look at but then you also love I think it's just at this, this concept of like, <clears throat> if there's, if there's like a, um, if there's, if there's something that people are already doing and is there a way to bring them in and cut them in? Like, cause right now you, you, you hear like pay to watch and it sounds gross. But like this idea, but then like the other side of it, like the be- the beautiful part, if you can make it work, is this concept of like, how do you bring people in and share in the money that's being transferred around um, instead of it just going to a Google or going to a Facebook or going to an Amazon, right? And I think that's like, that. that would be the fun part. I almost like think about like, you know, uh, Airbnb, people are already paying rent. They have to live somewhere. They're paying rent. They're paying mortgage. And now all of a sudden Airbnb came about and it's like you can monetize something that you're already paying for, right? Same thing with Uber. How beautiful. I mean, forget like the the drama about how the company was run. People have cars, right? Um, And now all of a sudden they can, whenever they want, they can use that car to then make money and drive people around. So this idea of like people are consuming more content than ever. <clears throat> How can they participate in a new way? Um, I just think is really interesting. Um, and and I don't I don't love advertising. Um, I know it powers a lot of the world that I work in. Um, and and I do like this idea of a subscription model. But I, I really want to see more options. Uh, for businesses to build on top of, and I just think there's there's a way to like cut people in to all the money that's transferring hands. Anyway, yeah, no, I agree. I, I know what you're saying. It, it makes sense to me. So interesting stuff, my man. I, I like what you guys are doing. You guys have like a not a, you guys don't just have a roadmap. You're you're not just talking the talk. You're like walking the walk, and I love to see that, man. That's huge. And uh, you know, I think your holders are going to be really really happy. Um, you're making huge headway in the space. So, uh, you know, like hats off to you. That's really, really cool. So thanks, man. No, of course, man. Of course. How do you, uh, how do you, do you guys actually, so you do have your own marketplace and you said nobody uses it. Is there a way you guys can actually get people to start using it in terms of like, to like maintain royalties? Is there a way that, you know, maybe you could add like some social aspect to the, you know, the platform you're using for, for a marketplace that like keeps people engaged and then trading right there. I mean, there's gotta be something you can do where maybe even in discord, there's like some kind of bot you could create where you could like buy, sell and trade and uh, somehow link your wallet to, you know, take part in some social aspects. So you don't even have to go to like an open sea or a blur. Yeah. So, okay. So I'll step back. It's not that no one uses it, I think it's just that like our like our core our core base absolutely uses it um especially because we have things that go beyond traits like affinities um which you know can't really be represented on a marketplace like OpenSea. So it's like it's customized to really speak to our you know our collections. Um I think yes, I, I, yes and 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 I think the royalty structure there is uh, you know, royalties are enforced on that platform. Um, you know, I think half of the royalty goes to us and then half the royalty goes to our DAO, um, which I also love, um, which the DAO funds community projects as DAOs do. Um, I think, 
uh, yeah, I mean, we talk about all the time. How do we, how do we incentivize people to go there? Um, I, I think what the issue that we run into that every marketplace runs into is like how, like where the psychology, the general psychology of the market is for people who are buying and selling, um, versus, uh, you know, what it means to support a project and to believe in what they're doing um, and and to seek out a marketplace that protects those things um, and, and keeps empowering the creator. I think there's, there's, there's like a misalignment there, but we're obviously constantly thinking about it um, and, you know, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Right. So if you had to, go back and invest in like three, like three projects and you can put list them in order, which companies slash projects would you actually, you wish you held assets in? I mean, I think at the top of the list would have to be punks. Um, me too. (laughs) It would have to be punks. Um, for all the reasons I think we know, uh, you know, I, I just think what they represent, first of all, I mean, I love the art just because of my, personal subjective taste. Right. Um, but I think beyond the visual, I think we all know that they sort of help spark this entire space, right? They, they, they brought, 100%. they brought a, they brought utility. They brought, uh, NFTs as a whole. And I think what NFTs as a whole has, has brought is, is, is culture. It's not just, we're not just talking about cryptocurrency. We're not just talking about trading, even though, the space still largely acts as traders. I think what it's done is, is now there's another value proposition that's not inherently, you know, solely financial, right? And this this concept of like culture, I think, is why this is all going to work. Everything moves because of culture, um, whether it's a technology or it's you know it's a it's it's, it's a brand. And so I think Punks is at the list. Uh, God, um, I really wish, and I probably could get one now. I haven't even checked their price, but I love, I, I personally love Gremlin and the Toads. Um, yeah, same, me too. Again, not because it would make me a bunch of money, but because I just, I just really love what, what he represents. Um, and then I really like anime. Uh, so I would say I, I, I wish, uh, I wish I had gotten the Zuki just because I, I love the art. And then the fourth, which I actually do have, um, and not to pump my own bags, uh, I only have one, so it wouldn't make that much of a difference. But I, I am a big fan of Doodles, and I know that they're getting a lot of hate. But I, I, I love Doodles like, too, so don't feel I bad. I love it. Me too. I, I, I like I just the art. Love the art. Yeah, me too. You can't. You can't like. I don't. Even if it's not your thing, no one can look at a Doodle and say like it's it's ugly. You may not like it. But it's like it's cute, right? And so I think again, maybe I'm biased because like I'm obsessed with this concept of Forgotten Runes becoming like a global brand, uh, an IP. But I think Doodles has the ability to be like the next Hello Kitty. You know, I think like I would totally put my kid if he was younger in front of a Doodles television show. I would totally buy a Doodles stuffy. I just think that there's something inherently. Um, fun uh and entertaining about them so I, I think i think doodles and i have a bet <laughs> with one of uh the teammates uh at, at, at forgotten runes about doodles um 
and uh, I forget what we even have on the line. Um, we've like forgot what we're even fighting about. But I think Doodles has the opportunity. I don't know if they're going to do it, but I think they have the opportunity to become the biggest brand coming out of Web three. So interesting. I, I like those guys. That's an interesting take. Yeah, we just I mean, need we need Pharrell to make a we need Pharrell to make a number one hit. <laughs> <laughs> right, he's a chief brand officer. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. Totally agree. Hey, uh, does anybody else in this uh, up on the panel have questions for uh, Bear Snake here? Yeah, I feel like I'm talking way too much. No, you're. That's good to talk way too much. We want to hear it. That's what you're here for. <laughs> I, I I do have a question. Go ahead, Fiddy. How are you? Nice to meet you. I've been listening. Um, I like the conversation. I like where it's going. I agree with you on the doodles. I do not agree about the Pharrell stuff because Pharrell said many hits. Um, I've, I've been a doodle holder for a long time. I do like art. I do like poopy. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about flow. Um, I, I'm, I'm with it, but I feel like uh, everybody else does a little bit. They, they could have delivered a little bit more by this time, but I am bullish on the future of doodles only because you're right. The art is cute. You can't say it's ugly. You can't say you hate it. But um, I, I would like to see something come out of it, some kind of hints. But I do feel like Pharrell, um, I don't know if you guys know, Pharrell just replaced uh, Virgil at um, Louis Vuitton. So, and he's wearing his doodles hat everywhere. So I do feel like there's something big happening. Um, so so I'm, I'm kind of bullish on them, you know, even though I don't sound like it. Uh, but, <laughs> but I do want to ask you, Bear Snake, about your project a little bit. Um, so we kinda, you kind of talked about the lore and everything else, but so how does somebody come into your project and, and, and actually monetize? Like how does somebody buy in, into your project and it brings value? You mean, just, uh, just to clarify, how do they, how do they pick the right character? Um, no, and- no, let me, let me explain. So, so like everybody in NFT talks about lore, art, comics, all kind of cool stuff. But at the end of the day, I kind of know people come here because they want to leave their jobs and they want to come to web three and they want to make money. They want to be full time here. So they're hoping to get into NFT and they're hoping this is going to be the next board apes. This is going to be the new, next doodle. This is going to be the next, uh, crypto punks, you know what I mean? Something cool. So what I'm saying is how will somebody be able to buy an NFT for whatever the cost is right now? And then that NFT will appreciate like what I see. Like- I see. I see. Yeah. Okay. So I think this is, I mean, for me, I think it's an easy answer. Uh, I think there are under five teams in the space that have the ability to do what me and my partners and our team can do. Um, we have a level of expertise uh, that stretches in a bunch of different areas, gaming, television, publishing, all these things. And so what I would say is <clears throat> we have – when I talk about the doodles have the opportunity to be the next Hello Kitty, I truly believe we have a fantastic opportunity and a good chance of building um, a global brand a global fantasy brand um, that people will enjoy when they're 8, 20, 40, 60. Um, and, uh, and I think this concept of the tokens being at the center of them, the birth of them, the characters that represent, um, uh, that live inside all of these expressions. If you look, like, imagine what I would say is like, if you want to own a piece of the next Lord of the Rings, 
um, or you know, the, the, one of the next big entertainment franchises. You know, the next. The, the, I don't. I, we're not like Marvel, but this concept of like Marvel has characters in the world and universe. I think we have a fantastic shot at making that happen. Um, and and I think the reason that we have such a, a, an opportunity here is not only because of the team that's behind it, but because of the patience um, that we have. We don't play. If you look at our if you look at our collections, we have almost thirty thousand tokens out in the world <clears throat> with a bunch of different collections. You look at the you look at the the health of those things. Obviously, everybody got hit <clears throat> at, at some point last year. We are not we're almost like the stable coin of NFTs. We're slow and steady, and that's because the people that are in our project believe and understand what we're doing. Um, we're incredibly motivated <clears throat> and. We're very good at executing, um, and we have a ton of respect. Uh, if you look in and you look at who's in the space, who's in the project, what we've shipped, what the plans are, I think, you know, I think we're at the tip of the spear when it comes to people being able to execute. And so, if you want to own a piece of, you know, the net, one of the next big entertainment brands, I think that's that's you know, that's the opportunity. Fair. I like that answer. It's a really good answer. Anybody else? And the, other piece, and the other piece of it is, um, Fitty, is uh, I think in the next six months, you're going to see, uh, I think something that we didn't talk about uh, on the space yet is this idea of collaboration. I think collaboration is key between projects. I think um, as <clears throat> different people start deploying their games, um, that everybody wants to be interoperable with other projects. I think people are going to be um, more than delighted at the projects that we're working with. Um, can't talk about any of that really, any of that stuff really. But like, I think we have the respect. A lot of times, I talk about us being like the band's band. Um, <clears throat> you know, the the bands, or even it happens in comedy all the time. The people who are innovating, but like maybe not on purpose behind the scenes, but like, you know, the people who are inspiring other bands to, you know, make new sounds and, and, and try new things. <clears throat> I think we're, we're beloved by some of the biggest, most well-known builders in the space. Um, and not to just not to flex, but it's true. Right. I mean, I think Dota is one of the best coders in the space. <clears throat> um, Elf is one of the best artists. Uh, and then I do stupid shit in between to help make make it all work. But uh, yeah, I think in the next six months, people are really going to see what the hell's been going on over here. That's fair. I like it. Good times. All right. So yeah, in terms of collaboration, I'm glad you brought that up. Collaboration wise, I do agree. I think the way, uh, you know, even, you know, when it comes to even YouTube creators, cause that's, you know, you obviously know that space pretty well. Like those people collaborated all the time. You know what I mean? Like that's how you actually cross pollinated audiences and grew on, on YouTube and things like that is you collaborate with other YouTube creators. And in this case, this would be collaboration with projects. And again, when you blend, you know, the people who are investing in, uh, forgotten ruins with people who are investing in doodles, you know, and collaborating with all these other, other projects, cool cats, whatever it is, you know what I mean? Like uh crypto mores or, you know, Yuga labs, whatever it is, even though Yuga, I have a feeling Yuga would have a tough time with that. And, uh, but not impossible. 
I think collaboration is the only way to really grow this space, really. I mean, at the end of the day, like a whole bunch of projects collaborating together are so much more powerful than like influence marketing or influencers that are out there with like millions and millions of followers. Yeah, uh, I couldn't agree more. I think the, the, the most absurd situation I found myself in, <clears throat> I think it was last year, was in a spaces with, uh, what's his name? Um, is it Shill the Villain? Uh, I got into it. That's his a, name. Yeah, his name is Alex, but yeah, it's Shill and, Shill and Villain. Yep. <laughs> Shill yeah. and the Villain. I got also. into a screaming match. Again, I'm an adult. I got into a screaming match with him on a spaces because he, uh, I was talking about collaboration, how I think it's key to sort of growing the space. Um, and finding like-minded audiences and, and, you know, growing within Web3 and beyond. And he was like, collaboration is the dumbest thing in the world. It's like Nike collaborating with Adidas. And I, like, my, I think my, my brain short-circuited because I, I just think it's just so ass-backwards. But yes, like, you know, you go back to these emerging platforms and creator-driven uh, economies like Web3, um, you know, these big MCN companies were built off the backs of a small handful of creators who all were sort of successful and had sort of built up their own audiences and they pulled together uh, to share production and promotional resources. So like, you know, one of them couldn't on their own afford to buy the nice new camera, but they could, if they all chipped in, they could buy all the equipment they needed. And then even more importantly, they were, they started producing videos with each other. They started showing up in each other's videos. They would cross pollinate their audiences and, and promote each other. And I think that's actually what's happening right now a little bit. I think more of that needs to happen. And I think it'll organically happen because, you know, that's, you know, the, the, the it's, I mean, even selfishly, the, the fastest way for us to grow is to find people who were already in Web3, who already have a crypto wallet um, and are already in a project that would more than likely dig what we're doing. And so, yeah, I, I just think it's a no-brainer, and, and we're already doing a ton of that. I mean, even me being cagey about, like, who we're working with, um, you know, we're creating, you know, all these, 3D, these like, rigged 3D models that are, you know, game-ready. Um, we're, we're, that, that is our hook to partnerships and to other projects that are creating metaverses. So I think... Web3 is built very specifically to collaborate in a very like frictionless way. So yeah, yeah. collaboration is the way to go. I couldn't agree more. Of course, with that said, let me ask you one more question. I'm going to go to Facero down there. I think, what do you think about, have you seen people creating content in Web3, like NFT wise content through Twitter spaces, through YouTube, through whatever, you know, platform. And what do you, not only do you, did you see any that you, that are like stand out to you, but are there ones that do you think there's a, there's a future for that kind of thing? And like, how would you go about being successful at that? If you, in your mind, because I already know, like, again, maker studios, this is a whole new business segment. It's a niche in a niche. You know what I mean? So what, what are your thoughts? No, I missed the first part of the question or right. I mean the actual question. Okay. The first the question is basically like people are creating content right now around Web three and NFTs like Twitter Spaces, YouTube channels, mm, mm-hmm. you know TikTok, things like that. Like, where do you like? Are there any notable ones that actually stand out to you, like creators like that? And on top of the creators, is there any platform you see like c- 
coming out in terms of like collaboration, things like that, 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 cause we're a niche in a niche, you know, there's like, mm-hmm. again, there's like 500 to a thousand active traders right now. Like, do you see this as a valuable niche for like a creator, the creator economy <clears throat> to start creating content? And do you see it like growing over the, like the next like 12 to 24 months? Um, Notable. And then like, is it worth it? Yeah. Um, content creators. Uh, well, I, I'll be honest. I don't, and, and you know, I'm not the craziest trader. So, you know, I'm very up to date on, on what people are doing, but I'm sure there's people creating consistent content. I think the notable ones are, you know, people like yourself, right? There's, there's a group of people that get on the Twitter spaces um, and are just fucking voracious. They come on every day, multiple shows a day. I mean, you look at what like Rug Radio and Farouk are doing. You look at Thread Guy. You look at you know you 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 know. There's a bunch of people who just get on here and have like it's not just like this casual thing. It's it's like there's a commitment to like doing these things. So I think when you look at when I think about like content creation on like a more like a higher frequency basis and consistent basis which is what you need for this you know for content to be successful i think twitter space is the best best example of that i think when it comes to like uh tiktok and youtube and and all that stuff i think it's i'm not seeing much of that um i would love to see more more people doing it on twitch um and then in terms of like how important it is i think i think it's everything i think people People that that like four percent of people who consider themselves creators, those are the people that that drive um, the engagement of the rest of the world, right? Like YouTube wouldn't be YouTube the way we see it now. Um, it would still exist, but it'd be very different if there wasn't a small group of people that that started using the platform <clears throat> to tell stories and to create content. And so I think. Yeah, you know, there's this like chicken or egg conversation where, you know, is it the platform that 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 makes it happen or is it the content? I think it's it's the mix. I also think it's the um it's the timing, right? I think once sure. web what once web really great web three games start coming out, and I think we saw a little bit of this with Dookie Dash, although again, and the game was cool, <clears throat> and I think I was really stoked to like see them experiment um with this kind of like play to mint. Um, I, I think like once these games get really good, then creators will start creating around them, which then brings awareness to the game, which then ultimately onboards people, more people to play these games and enter the space. Right. Yep. I agree. Go ahead, Fisero, man. Oh man, he's doing dialogue. Ooh. Who are we calling? <laughs> he's doing the di- he's doing it well. <laughs> I'm I'm just I'm just dialing in from 1994 because that <laughs> is the equivalent adoption level of the internet as we are now, uh, and I th- I think you you touched on that and it's it quite funny because you you talked about dial-up early, so I've had that lined up forever. Um, Bear Snake, I just want to say what a fucking legendary name. I love it. <laughs> it was my gamer tag when I was a kid. <laughs> You know, mate, I'm so pleased you kept it because it is legendary. Um, yeah, it, it's really interesting because I think we forget how early we are. And uh, it's, that, that plays a massive part of how we develop. And I think 
you touched on sort of, you know, we're acting as traders. And I think that's a big issue uh, for us because uh, for mainstream adoption, they're not traders. They're not interested in any of that. They just, as you, as we've discussed earlier today, is the fact that it's about making it very simple and seamless, that people aren't looking at the techn- technological aspect of it. It's just delivering a service or a, an experience. Um, but, yeah, I, I just wanted to, to sort of throw in on there. I think it's been really interesting sort of hearing you talk about law and storytelling earlier on. And, um, yeah, and I've been really interested to find out about Forgotten Rune's Wizard's Cult, um, which, uh, embarrassingly, I knew nothing of. And I, I'm very curious as to whether Charma Arabella of the Canyon is going to play a, a lead role in any of the shows because she looks amazing. And I, if I had a spare one point ETH, I'd be jumping in on that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I can't promise you this is one of those things, right? It was like, uh, you know, uh, who's going to be the lead character, right? Like all the cast in, in, in our comic books and in the show. Uh, you know, we have to pick someone. We're not just going to, like, they have to be someone from the collection. But I can't tell you if they're going to be a star. But what I would say is, if you like that the look of that character, if you have a sense of, like, who that person could be, um, buyer, write a story, and make that character legendary, right? I think that's the power of, of what we're doing is anyone <clears throat> can come into our, 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 the world of Forgotten Runes and make their character legendary through their own creation. That uh, that is really cool. I, I I love that idea and how it can develop and grow. And I'm I'm really excited to see how you develop this over the journey. I, I'm I'm curious about what kind of time frame that you're looking at. I might have missed that at some point. You might you might have been saying that, but sort of the show and obviously the game element. What what time period are we talking for these? And I know it's sort of how long is a piece of string, but yeah, I'm sure, sure. you've got a rough idea. Oh, of course, of course. So. Um the comic book, we already released the first, uh, I'll start with the comic book, then the game of the show. Um, because I think that's the soonest to the furthest. Um, we already did the first issue. There's 10. Uh, we printed 200,000 copies of it, which is like four times more than what Marvel prints of any of even like their Batman comics. Um, uh, so that went out, we gave it away for free. Um, we were at both comic cons and then the next, the next nine are going to be coming out through our publisher on the back half of the year. And so that will be like worldwide distribution. They'll be in every comic book store. Um, we're even, you know, because there's so many, we're, we'll be binding, um, the first five together after those are released, um, and putting them in like softback covers and they'll be in Barnes and Noble and actual bookstores. Um, but those will start to get released, I believe in September, October. Um, and then on a monthly cadence, uh, there on now. <clears throat> so that's what, that's the comic book, the game, um, the MMORPG, uh, the Runeverse game will be launching right now. It's planned for, sorry, uh, the beginning or middle of Q4 of this year. Um, and super excited about that. We actually just got back from San Francisco meeting with the team. Um, so that's this year. Uh, and then before that, we will be doing a land sale. Um, and, you know, as a, as, as a holder of a Forgotten Rose token, there's advantages, obviously, um, to sort of being in the project uh, before that. 
Um, and then as far as the television, oh, and then and then uh, there's another game that we're coming out with called Battle for Goblin Town. Uh, Lucas, I'm such an idiot. I still don't even, you have to like show me how to like pin a tweet because there's a bunch of stuff that I want to pin that I should have already pinned. Um, where where and, is and it? I'll, I can pin it up for you if it's uh, <clears throat> on your profile. All right, so I'll, I'll, I'll message you and send it to you in, yeah, in DMs. Go for it. Um, because I think there's there's one thread that like sort of explains a, a lot of this stuff. Um, and then as far as the television show, we are, you know, we're looking, um, you know, we have the whole entire pitch. We even have the first script. Uh, I, what I would say is there's a couple different avenues for us to ultimately get distribution uh, on these massive streaming platforms. I, what I hope to be in production, I hope to be in production in the next couple months, and it takes about 18 months to make these shows, give or take. Um I think that would be one of, you know, that would be a likely scenario, hopefully. If that answers your question. No, very thoroughly, uh, of which I really appreciate. Um, it's, it's given us a lot of insight, so I really appreciate it. I, the, the other thing I'm going to sort of throw in, and, and there was the Lucas's uh, question about the, the projects, which uh, you, you'd be sort of interested in. I, I think one to watch as well is Pudgy Penguins. I think since Luke has been on board, I think there's lots of things planned and exciting times ahead for them. So I just wanted to throw that into Lucas as he's busy pinning. Uh, but no, I really appreciate, I really appreciate that, that insight and, and what you've given us today. Uh, it's been great. Awesome. Thanks for coming up and asking questions. I, uh, you know, I, I love talking about what we're doing and, um, it shows my man it shows you definitely you definitely have uh i mean you have a, a great knowledge of what you're doing and then like exactly what to say so i mean it's, it's genius you're definitely living eating and breathing what you guys are doing which is awesome to hear like this is a this is the kind of project we should all be like have our ears open for you know what i mean like this is the one you guys are all wondering like who's really building in the space these guys are you know what i mean like these are the guys that are really making things happen in the space and the people who are involved are all web two people. So just understand that guys like web two people aren't bad. They're actually good. Um, everybody's a web two person. We're talking on a web two platform right now. So yeah. I think it's interesting. Um, I have, I have one more thing I want to run past you in terms of like retail people versus like, you know, investors versus like builders. What would you like? I find it interesting that people talk about, they talk about the builders in the space. They talk about like the investors in the space as in like VCs, things like that, but they never really talk about like, this wouldn't be this culture that we keep talking about a cultural shift. We wouldn't have this culture without the retail investors, without the people in the space actually investing in the, like going to these events and things like that. Like I would say 90 plus percent of those people that go to events are not people building anything in the space. They're just going there because they want to be part of a community. What are your thoughts on like that? Like, because it seems like we talk, I see a lot of people going, what are you building? What are we building? What, what's going on? What's being built, right? And no one's really like, kind of like referencing the, the retail investor. So do you think this culture would be able to exist without retail investors? Um, when you say retail, do you mean physical on shelf space? No, when I say retail, I mean like people who are buying your NFTs, like people who are buying the NFTs, wearing them as PFPs, running around, you know, the internet and, you know, going to in real life events and 
break dancing and and you know drinking out of shoes and things like that like that's that culture. that wasn't that wasn't break dancing let me just i know i know it wasn't break dancing i i'm, I'm, I'm very <laughs> It was it was really 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 bad breakdancing if it was breakdancing. Uh, uh, no, yeah. to answer your question, no, there's we do not exist without the people um, that associate themselves and their virtual identity um, with our characters and the, the friendships that people are making within these these communities. I think you know we we threw a big party at NFT NYC last year. Um, and I think we mostly did it because we felt like we had to honor, um, the people who have helped us get here. Um, you know, people always talk about, uh, I was like meeting with these guys who, um, started some of the, the, some of the first, first people that started riot. And I think they were really interested in what we were doing because they're obsessed with this concept of like the first thousand fans. You know, like how do you get the first thousand? Yeah, fans? A thousand true fans. Um, exactly. Yeah, right. exactly. Yep. And 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 they sort of saw this relationship that we've curated with, you know, this first group of people, and how sticky it is, and how meaningful it is to them. I mean, honest to God, my best friends in the world right now are people that I've never even met for the most part. Um, when I'm feeling a certain way, that's interesting I go that into you said, our Discord. That's super interesting that you said that because I, I feel the same way. My IRL friends, we don't even talk this much. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the, these are the, these people I've never met before on the internet sometimes. And some of them I actually have met. I mean, they've become friends. So it's it's critical. Yeah. So, to, yeah, I mean, long-winded answer um, way of saying, I think n- there's nothing without um, – what's happening today, even in this echo chamber, we, we, we talk about this echo chamber being a very like negative thing. I think it, I don't think, I don't think it's negative. I think there's a, a frustration from all sides, from creators and community of people wanting the space to grow. It's never good when the same hundred thousand people are just yelling at each other and selling <laughs> each other the same things. Yelling like that at doesn't, each other. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it doesn't, it doesn't, th- that's not going to help anything, right? Like that's like a race to the bottom. And so I think this, this idea of th- this is, it's been small and weird and amazing. Um, and I think there's this, there's this like connection um, and badge of honor that we all wear on our sleeves being a part of what's happened to date. Um, and yeah, there's none of us would be here if it wasn't for all these people um, who aren't building, who are just participating um, and finding like-minded people and being passionate. So yeah, here's to the communities. Right. Here's to the communities and, and the retail investors that are not building, but they're here for the culture. They're here to make friends. They're here for all that. So with that said, that was a good, like basically wrap up. I pinned your tweet at the top. Everybody want to take a look at the tweet pinned to the top, check it out. And that will be it, man. I mean, unless anybody else has any other questions, I think we're going to end the space like that right there, my man. And, uh, I appreciate you coming onto the show and we definitely gotta, we definitely gotta grab lunch, man. So let's do it. Let's do it, man. Let's do it. Anyway, so you got anything, uh, any other last words you'd like to say to the audience before we uh, close, wrap up the show? 
Oh God, I think everybody's sick of me talking. So no, but thank you, <laughs> Lucas, for having me on. Such a pleasure. Um, Such a pleasure, dude. You're very appreciate smart what guy. you do. Yeah, I appreciate thanks, you bud. too, man. Take care, man. And uh, everybody that's listening in, we couldn't do it without you. So thanks. Thank you to all the audience members. Thanks to Brad. Thanks to Fisero that's always up here. Mintify. Thanks to Mintify, who's one of our partners. This is not a paid show. They're just one of our partners. If you want to check out some really good software that actually, you know, if you want to like get really deep into the NFT space and, you know, if you're a high frequency trader or just want some news, Mintify is the place to go. So go check it out. You will not be dissatisfied with their product. Plus it's free right now for a little while. So anyway, thanks for joining us guys. And we will see you tomorrow on another episode of Wicked Smart. Right now we're here.